0: Hello and welcome to the South West Londoner NFL podcast for our Super Bowl preview. I'm your host, Joe Acklam, and with me today is my fellow host, Hugo Mirabel-Hardy. Hello. And with us is Bengals fan, our resident NFL expert. Stefan, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Jay. And with us today as well is Deputy Editor of South West Londoner, and here by virtue of being a Rams fan, Tom Holmes. Hello, Tom.
1: Hello, guys. It's uh, good to be on. So... Only two teams are left, the LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, who will be fighting it out at Sophie Stadium in Los Angeles to win Super Bowl 56. Before getting into the key matchups, we should probably take a look at the history of the two teams and how they got here. So,
0: Stefan, do you want
1: to take
2: us through the history of, sort of in Super Bowl terms, of your beloved Bengals? Well, I mean, in recent years, there's not a lot to talk about, which I guess is why their appearance in the Super Bowl is so surprising. You have to go back to I believe, 1989, for their last Super Bowl appearance, one of two times that they'd appeared in the 80s in the Super Bowl. They lost both of those contests to the San Francisco 49ers, and it looked as though um, it could have been a third time this year uh, until the LA Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers in the conference match um, and then qualified for the final. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a a pretty dire last 20 years for the Bengals. Um, Not really a lot of playoff wins at all. Um, nothing at all since the 1992 season um, but yeah I mean now now they're pushing for a potential first Super Bowl win in the, the team's history um, and yeah they got a young team and looking very spirited and trying to do that
0: Are you pleased that the, the Rams did beat the 49ers or did you want some sort of vengeance on those uh, wrongs of the past?
2: Well I think I think it's a tough one I think you always want to think and look back and kind of think our oh, third time lucky maybe this time we'd have beaten the San Francisco 49ers but at the same time the, the 49ers play in a very similar way that the uh the Tennessee Titans play who we faced earlier on in the playoffs and they gave us a lot of trouble a very strong defensive team and I think that in many ways they're uh, the perfect team to beat the Bengals so I think I'm not saying the Rams is going to be an easy matchup by any means but you know it's it's definitely a game that I'm looking forward to and think we can win but you know, we'll see how it goes um, next weekend.
0: Yeah, well, the Bengals came through. Um, I think they broke the longest drought without a playoff win uh, in this year's playoffs. What would you think was your most important win to get to this stage?
2: I think it's definitely the win against the Tennessee Titans. I think there was in the uh, the wild card round against the Oakland Raiders. Um, we went in as I think narrow favorites, um, and I don't think anyone really considered. The, the Raiders to be that dangerous but the Titans the number one seed in the AFC with a, a week off heading into that match with home field advantage the Bengals were very much considered second best in that and you know to for Joe Burrow to be sacked nine times still score touchdowns get yards and then for Evan McPherson who was called Legatron by his teammate Joe Mixon um, after the game scoring that um uh, 50. I think it was 57-yard touchdown and um, t- not touchdown to 57-yard field goal to uh, tie up the match I think that's got to be the moment uh, of the, uh, the playoffs so far for the Bengals
0: Tom, what did you think when people said that maybe being the first seed didn't actually help teams this year because obviously Tennessee and Green Bay both lost their uh, first playoff game having been first in both conferences
3: I don't think it's that it didn't help Um, you know, historically obviously the number one seeds do tend to go on and and, and play better and do tend to win. And I don't think you could say that either the the Packers or the Titans were were harmed by having a week off and having home field advantage. So I don't think it that was the issue for them. I think the issue is, especially with the with the Titans, the Titans as a number one seed never looked like, you know, a traditional historical number one seed where you expect them to go and rob. You'd expect them to go and when yes, they were favoured against the Bengals, but they were never huge favourites against the Bengals. I think there was always that sense of this this Titans team has got clear weaknesses that could easily be exploited and the Bengals exploited those very well. And then Green Bay, I mean Green Bay have a history of choking games that they, they should be winning in the last few years under Aaron Rodgers. And this was another clear example of you know making big mistakes in crucial moments and just and not really handling it. But I don't think they would have done much better if they hadn't been the number one seed. Um, to be honest. I think it's just the nature of that that team at the moment that as I say, both the teams. With the Titans, it was Ryan right Tannehill, and with the Packers, it's their special teams. Both teams had clear weaknesses that the other team were able to exploit.
0: You go do you, um Stefan. Even do you agree with that? Do you think um, it was it was just sort of coincidence that that
2: happened? Yeah, I think so. I think the the Titans were extremely lucky to get the number one seed. I think most people considered the Chiefs to be the best team in the AFC and the most likely to get to the Super Bowl. I think, as Tom said, Tannehill at quarterback is a huge limitation. Uh, the Bengals were allowed to exploit that and other teams have been able to um, previously this season I think the Green Bay Packers was more of a surprise Um, but even then there were clear fractures in the dressing room I think you know all the drama with Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have helped this season and again their special teams made the mistake but I I just think Aaron Rodgers looked quite scared throughout that game as well I don't think even though they were favourites I think you also got to remember that in the NFC you, you had a lot of teams that looked very dangerous the Rams uh, the Bucks, uh, the Forty ers all of them look like genuine contenders, and I think that 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 damaged the Packers a little bit. Whereas I think that the T- Tennessee, I don't think they were ever really considered the main main threat.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the Rams there as one of the contenders. Obviously, they're the other team on the other side in their home stadium for the second consecutive year that someone's been playing at home in the Super Bowl. Uh, putting my history degree to good to good use with this one. Um, you know, they've, um, the Rams have, have actually won the uh, Super Bowl before in, in 2000 when they beat the Tennessee Titans uh, 23-16. But there have been a few times before they've been unsuccessful with their uh, in 1979-2001 against the Patriots. Uh, 1979 was against Pittsburgh and then they lost again to the Patriots in the worst Super Bowl of all time in 2018. Uh, 13 points to 3. But um, interesting little tidbit about the Rams. They are the only team to have won uh, the N- the NFL the whole league sort of championship not necessarily the Super Bowl because two of them were from uh, before that it was invented but the only team to have won it in three different cities in Cleveland Los Angeles and St. Louis which is I think an interesting stat and they were obviously looking to add a second one as an LA team um, Hugo do you want to take us through to talk about, um, ask a little bit about uh, where this game is going to be won
1: um, so where do you two think that the game will be won? Tom, we've not heard much about you from the, uh, in terms of the Rams perspective, so chat us through where the Ram's offense or defense will, uh, will decide the game? I mean the obvious answer straight off the bat is how is the Bengals offensive line
3: going to deal with probably the best offensive line in the NFL? Um, you know we saw they were sacked nine times against Tennessee if they get sacked nine times again, I'm not convinced they'll be able to muster enough points to see off the Rams. I'm. I'm also not convinced the Bengals defense will be able to hold the Rams. Um, so I do think, obviously, from the Rams' perspective, if they can get, you know, a decent number of sacks, if they can stop Burrow from wreaking havoc on the, on the what is a, what is a fundamentally battered secondary, um, then that's going to be the key. Really, I mean, it goes without saying, but the, the Rams' defensive line is stacked: Aaron Donald, uh, Von Miller, um, Leonard Floyd, amongst others. Uh, and and Joe Burrow is incredibly dangerous, and the Rams second and they they got an incredibly strong wide receiving core, uh, and the Rams secondary, as I've already mentioned, is is littered with injuries. They've had to pull Eric Weddle out of retirement to play it uh, to play at safety because of how decimated the Rams secondary is. So the reality is, if Joe Burrow is given time to make the plays that he can make, the Rams defense is really really going to struggle. But at the same time, you have to argue that, as I say, it looks unlikely that that's going to be the case. On the other side of the ball, I think. The, it, the Bengals defense has had a weird playoffs in that they weren't really fancy to hold Patrick Mahomes particularly and, and they really managed to in that second half uh, whether that's down to a, a combination of factors is interesting but what the, the worry from the Bengals perspective is that what they've done really well especially against the Chiefs was they had time to scheme and they had time to work out and fix the mistakes that they made in the first game against the Chiefs earlier in the season and in the first half and the reality is, if they if they need another half to get going, they can't. You know, you, yes, they came back from twenty one three against the Chiefs. You can't see them being able to do that again against the Rams because the Rams defense is too strong, um, and the Rams defense is able to hold better. Um, the question is really going to be on Matthew Staff, Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, up until this point in the playoffs, he's played exceptionally well. He's answered all the potential, but the reality is Stafford is still capable of making big mistakes in games. And if Stafford makes big mistakes at key moments in the game against the Bengals, then that is really, really going to harm the Rams' chances of winning. Um, and that's what that's not what happened in Super Bowl in the, in the Super Bowl in twenty eighteen. But the reality was the, the Rams lost the Super Bowl in twenty eighteen to the Patriots. As you say, was an, a terrible game because we couldn't get going on offense. You know, the defense was more than capable of of the task, and I think the defense won't be an issue in this game. It's going to be can that offense carry through? And up until this point in the season, there's been lots of optimism. Uh, but the offense has been quite burn or bust. It has been quite hot or quite cold, and the reality is there's a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford to deliver on the biggest stage. And you know that that remains the big question: can he do it? Tom,
0: so what have you made of Stafford? Because obviously it was a big change, getting rid of Goff, who they'd given that big contract to. Many say ill-advisedly. I think that's pretty pretty much confirms that it was a pretty stupid decision to at this point, especially after. I mean, no one's good in Detroit, but he wasn't good at all in Detroit. Okay. Uh, and then getting in Stafford was it three first-round picks? One of them probably to get rid of Goff. But you know, it's big expectation. He's always someone that was like, oh, he's a really good player. He just plays for Detroit. You know, what have you made of his first season as a Ram?
3: I think, I think he's it's, it's hard to judge overall. I think it's worth you know after three weeks when we were three and I having just beaten the Buccaneers, I was standing. I was you know I was standing there going, this is it. Like we've made the right decision. Um it's such a clear upgrade upgrade on Goff. Then obviously the Rams went through a sticky patch in the middle middle part of the season and towards the back end where Goff in particular sorry, Stafford in particular was making some key mistakes. Um, you know, he there were a couple I think it was three matches in a row in December through two through two interceptions, the Rams still managed to win. So Stafford clearly was becoming an issue in the back half of the regular season. But I, it's also fair to note that losing Robert Woods to an ACL. Halfway through the season, and replacing him with Odell Beckham Jr. meant that there was t- there was a little bit of some schematic kind of teething errors, and it was almost a case of Stafford needing some time to get used to his to his new new backup receiver. Um, but overall, you know, overall Stafford's done everything you can ask of him. Fundamentally, you bring a quarterback in, and you say to the you know you say to the quarterback, we're bringing this quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and if he gets you to the Super Bowl, then at this stage in the season, obviously we don't know what's going to happen. Um, on Sunday, but at this stage in the season you can't really say that he's been asked to do too much more than what he's done, you know, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which is, you know what, what the Rams needed, they needed a quarterback who was a clear upgrade on golf I don't think they ever needed Stafford to be a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen carrying the offence or carrying a team, because the Rams have a really good overall team, as I've said the defence is very, very strong, they've got some really exceptional options at, at wide receiver and they've got decent options at running back, so they never needed Stafford to be you know, the best quarterback in the NFL, the MVP to win the Super Bowl. They just needed him to be a really good key part of the offense. who was able to elevate the team around him. And I think that's what he's been. And I think, I think that's what he's done. And look, as I say, if, if he, the reality is if he makes big mistakes in the Super Bowl and it costs the Rams the Super Bowl, then the argument would always be that the experiment was a failure uh, because that's, you know, that's the reality when you spend all this money on bringing in big name players and they don't win everything. There's always going to be that question of, well, was it the right decision? But up until this point in the season, you can't really have done much more.
0: So, Stefan, um, do you agree? Is that is it all on the offensive line of the Bengals? What can Chase do against someone like Jalen Ramsey?
2: Um, yeah, I, I do think that the main battle will be the Bengals offensive line against the Rams D-line. I I think that the game going back to the Tennessee Titans was almost a forebearer of what's going to happen in this final because the Titans have a, a top three. Um, pass rush just like the Rams very very dangerous Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and I think it is fair to say that the Bengals offensive line is like a a shatterproof ruler it is absolutely useless but what he has shown that he's able to do is make quick decisions when he needs to and he can escape the pocket as well he's shown that uh, against the Chiefs last week where he did three almost impossible runs where he basically had defensive linemen touching his collar and still managed to get away he's going to need to replicate that if the bengals are going to have any chance of competing against the rams but i i think back onto your question about you know chase versus jalen ramsey in the backfield i think that's going to be a really interesting matchup i'd be very surprised if ramsey's put on anyone other than chase um because he is the star player but what's impressed me so much about chase not just the fact that he's like a rookie this season is the the variety of play that he can offer. And I think that's going to be so important for overcompensating and overcoming the weakness in the offensive line. If Burrow doesn't have time, he's going to have to rely on his wide-out options, players like Chase and T. Higgins to give him, you know, short passes as well as long, deep options. And I think that Chase is one of the best for that. You know, once he's caught the ball, he's incredibly dangerous. He's got a great step and he can run past players, and that'll be a test for Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, as Tom said, the the fact that the Rams secondary is been weakened um, because of injury. That will be playing into the Bengals' hands, and they'll be probably scheming um, based on that and thinking, how can we make use of these injuries? How can we put pressure on them and also work around the fact that we've got Aaron Donald, a 500-pound hunk of meat, charging at our <laughs> quarterback? Um, that's that's obviously going to be the priority number one, protecting Burrow, but also giving him the option so that he doesn't get hit. Um, but also going back to the Jared that Jared Goff chat. I think that Stafford is a huge upgrade like let's not forget that um, Goff got to the Super Bowl uh, based on the LA Rams run game Todd Gurley was the running back then MVP of the season that was what got them to the Super Bowl Stafford as a quarterback is what has got them to the Super Bowl now so I think that it's going to be a great matchup Um, number nine versus number nine at quarterback Um, doesn't get more poetic than that does it?
3: And just to jump in on this, I think something you said that was really interesting to me was about the those mid-level passes, and that has been a weakness in the Rams' defensive game this season. It has been those passes where the, those kind of eight or nine-yard passes that have got in that level. And actually, what I thought the Bengals did really, really well, especially against the Chiefs, uh, but certainly against the Titans as well, was if Chases is if Chases is going to be you know matched out by Ramsey or double teamed. Just give the ball to Higgins. Just give the ball to Boyd. You know the the Bengals have got such good wide receiver options that actually if Higgins and Boyd can get themselves in those areas, they can do some real damage to the Rams in that in those areas. I think. Yeah, I think
0: it's probably fair to say that no one really saw Cincinnati getting to Super Bowl this year, especially you know I think they were the fifth worst team last year. They were the worst team the year before. Stefan, you were there the last time these two teams played. You have written about it for about it for us. Uh, this week how big a change have you seen in both of these teams since that point
2: oh, it's, been, it's been massive so i was at that Wembley game which it was in october 2019 when the rams last played against the bengals jared goff was still the quarterback of the rams and as we've spoken about they've upgraded massively since then bringing in stafford but the bengals i mean it was i was watching andy dalton play at quarterback and thinking it, it can't surely it can't get much worse than this um, but we've drafted well, we've brought in Joe Burrow, um, who is an unbelievable player, came off one of the best college seasons ever. I don't think there was any, ever any doubt that we were going to bring him in, but you know, pl- bringing in wide receiver options like T Higgins from Clemson and Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's teammate from LSU. You know, these are really good picks and what they've, been, what they've done is create an offense at, the, at Cincinnati that is very, very dangerous and can put points on anyone. I think the most interesting thing about Cincinnati's rise this season is everyone was saying they're still in a rebuild and that they you know they need to shore up that offensive line before they can get to a super bowl. Well, they they haven't really shored up the offensive line and they've still got to a super bowl. So I think it's What's so exciting about the the Bengals is this there's a lot of future to look forward to as well. I think with the Rams it's it's almost a win now or, or nothing because of their tactics of trading for players. You know, bringing in Stafford, who's probably towards the second half of his career. Joe Burrow's just starting his, so's Chase, so's Mixon, so's is uh, T. Higgins. So I think it's it's a surprise, but it's a welcome surprise as a Cincinnati fan.
0: So, I mean, one of the joys of having a Rams fan and a Bengals fan in is we're going to have a proper sort of face-off on who's going to win. So, are there going to be cigars on the pitch at SoFi or, you know, is there going to be have a proper Super Bowl in LA? We're all going to have to witness OBJ loving it. <laughs> Which, is a Browns fan, is a horrendous sport.
3: I think I think the Rams will win. Um, obviously, I think it will be close. I do think it will be a close match right away. I think... Maybe twenty three twenty to the Rams. I think that's what I'm going to go with. It seems to be in, fit in keeping with what we've kind of seen from both teams up until this point in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, I'm going to go for a Bengals win. But I, I agree that I, I don't think there's a, any surprise that the last, I think it's six games in the playoffs have been decided by the final possession and basically by three points. Um, and I think it's going to come down to that in the Super Bowl which makes for a great spectacle Um, I think especially in the last couple of years when we've had Super Bowls that are pretty boring and blowouts early doors I think this is set up to be a very, very competitive one I think if I were to put a prediction on it I would say that the Rams come out quicker and then it will be a, a, a match of can the Bengals catch up and overtake the Rams but yeah, I think it's going to be a great game
0: Hugo, what are you thinking about the game?
1: As a fairly novice NFL fan, I have been quite enjoyed this random Leicester esque almost rise of, of uh, the Bengals. Um, so I just have a quick question because we've obviously seen the Bengals come back in their last few games. Tom, does that kind of worry you if, if the Rams do go forward that the Bengals can maybe have another comeback and win their first ever Super Bowl?
3: Yes and no. Yes. Because, obviously, the Bengals have shown that whatever score they're behind, they're not out of the match. But also, no, because, obviously, against, against Tampa Bay, the Rams looked done. Like, it was 27-3, and everyone thought that was it. And then the Rams completely capitulated, completely fell apart, had an absolutely dire second half. It ended up being 27-27, and the Rams really shouldn't have, should have ended up in that situation. But then the Rams still found that ability to go and win the game anyway with the final possession. So actually as a Rams fan, I think having been having seen the Rams completely and utterly throw away a pretty much unassailable lead and then still win, I think there's that level of mentality that actually this is a team that if the Bengals do start to charge back, they're not going to capitulate and they're not going to collapse. And they've got that extra gear to go to mentally, that extra place to go to mentally, where actually even if even if we do go you know, 20 points up and the Bengals start roaring back, I'm, I, I still have, have the confidence in the team that they can get the job done. So, I mean, look, no is the short answer. I I think the Rams have got a real real shot regardless of what the Bengals do. I think the other thing to note is that, you know, a lot... I don't think the Bengals have been lucky to get to this point. I don't think that's fair, but there have been kind of key plays that have kind of gone the Bengals' way where the opposition have maybe made key mistakes and key moments. And I think from the Rams' perspective, you've just got to not do that. You know, your fate... When you go up 21-3, your fate is in your own hands. And then, yes, if you make the mistakes to get... If you make the mistakes to lose it from there... That's a worry, but that's not necessarily on the Bengals. It's on the way that you play the game, and I think that's what we have to do: focus on our own game and not necessarily worry about what the Bengals are going to do.
0: Tom, do you think the fact that Zach Taylor comes from Sean McVeigh plays in any real part in this? Because they have already have a good idea of what each other's thinking going into the game in the sort two-week period they have to plan it all out.
3: I guess yes and no. I mean, we're you know at this level, you kind of have a sense of what each team's going to. Do anyway, and the way each team's gonna play. Yes, the head coaches kind of knowing each other intimately will play a factor, but actually, I, I think you know, decent, you know, at this level, decent analysts will be able to tell you roughly what McVeigh's offense or what McVeigh's defence are gonna do anyway. And the other thing is obviously, you you know, both teams have got offensive and defensive coordinators who will be scheming up stuff regardless to kind of take the pressure off your head coach. So I think to an extent, but not necessarily I think the other thing is both teams have got leaders on the pitch and that's always going to be key in these kinds of battles is actually you know both Joe Burrow and uh, Aaron Donald especially you know those two players They are those are two players that actually you can scheme whatever you want but then pretty much immediately everything hits the fan and that's when you need to start actually thinking on your feet and I think Joe Burrow has shown this in the playoffs already that actually within two seconds of the snap the scheme's gone to hell and he's having to work it all out for himself and that's where that's where the game's gonna be won or lost.
0: Do you see it the same, Stefan? Is there no
2: does it come into it that Taylor is just the apprentice to, to the master? I think may, maybe it's in the back of his mind, but I, I don't think it really affects the game. I think I, I completely agree with what Tom said. You got two weeks in the build up to the Super Bowl where you're gonna have all your coordinators and the coach, you know, writing new schemes, looking at the team, looking at film and trying to build plays, um to and script plays that are gonna, you know, be be dangerous and gonna try and build um, touchdowns off that. But equally, I think that, you know, you got players on both teams. I think Stafford and Burrow, both of them aren't necessarily script players. We're not talking about you know Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo in a um, Super Bowl final. We're talking about two playmakers who like going off script. You know, Joe Burrow is very happy to to kind of end a play call and do what he sees on the field. And Stafford, you know, one of the reasons why he has a fair few interceptions is because he's not afraid to make those wonder passes so I think it, it's going to be open it's not necessarily going to be um, a, a cagey game that you might have seen last time when the Rams played the Patriots in the final because I think Sean McVay knew then that he he had to rely more on scripted plays with Jared Goff I don't think he's going to do that this time um, with Stafford I don't think um, Zach Taylor's going to do that with uh, Joe Burrow Just
3: to re- just to go off what you said the, um, the big play that the Rams made the Against Tampa Bay to win in the match, where uh, where Stafford, where Stafford threw to to Cooper Cup, that was this that play was they have a joke that that, that it was called the never going to happen play, because the 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 whole point of the the whole point of Cooper Cup's run is to draw defenders. Stafford Stafford said off the match, you know we've run that we've practiced that play a thousand times in training, and we always said to ourselves we're never going to when ne- whenever we run that play we're never going to throw the ball to Cooper Cup because it's not what the play is designed to do. But actually, Cup got free, broke free, and Stafford just threw it to him, which just demonstrates that actually, even when you script plays, it, it needs that quarterback to actually go, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do, but is that the best option? And I, and I think, as Stefan right said, both quarterbacks are very good
1: at reading the game
3: in the game, and that's going to be so, so important on Sunday.
1: Right, so before we go, the Super Bowl isn't the only thing happening in the NFL right now. Let's get your thoughts on some other things happening at the moment. Stefan, where do you think Aaron Rodgers will play next season?
2: So originally I was going to say Denver, but someone, uh, I can't remember who actually, but brought up a very interesting idea of the Tennessee Titans. And I think that that could work because I think the the problem with him going to Denver and why a lot of people say he would go to Denver is because they got a lot of Green Bay coaches going in there. But I think that he wants a team that's got, you know, two official wide receivers he's got that in uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones at the Tennessee Titans so I, I think I've got to go there and it's an easier division as well
0: Yeah so um, another thing that's gone on Tom Washington football team is no more long live the Washington Commanders what have you made of that uh, rebrand is fairly controversial
3: um, I mean it was very amusing that it was leaked beforehand because they left a giant Commanders thing in the window of the stadium um, so some real sick work from them. I mean, look the Was- the Washington Commanders have been in kind of a perpetual off pitch crisis for about what five years now. They they really are just an absolutely shambolic organisation at the moment. Um, so you know from their perspective, if they can you know put start to put some of it behind them, have this new brand, you know, actually try and move the team forward. Uh, Because actually, you know, on on the pitch, they have you know, considering how chaotic things have been off the pitch, on the pitch they've done okay. Like they've not been good, but they've been not terrible, considering you know the state. But you know, they're not you know a Jacksonville or you know New York Jets level garbage fire when they when they arguably have every right to be, given how bad things have been behind the scenes. So actually, if if you know if they can start to pull this kind of stuff together, actually maybe get some proper sponsorship coming through. Actually maybe start to put some of the issues that. Going on behind them, then, then, then maybe they've got a real shot to move this franchise forward. But they needed, they needed a clean slate. The Washington football team was a bit of a joke in terms of the branding.
1: So for them to actually have a have a brand that they can actually kick off from is a, is something at least. Uh, back to you, Stefan. Who do you think should be uh, MVP?
2: <laughs> um, no bias at all, uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow. Um, no, I, th- I think, I think it's a close one. I think. A lot of the talk was about it being Aaron Rodgers, and I think there is a genuine shout of that. I think some people said Tom Brady. I think he's—I don't think he's done enough in comparison to the other two in the regular season. Um, but I, th- I think it all comes back to what does MVP mean? It's not just you know who's great. It's also most valuable. It's in the name, and I think you look at Joe Burrow in front of an offensive line that is um, tragically terrible. And what he's been able to do is pretty spectacular. And then what Rodgers has been able to do, even with all the drama, I guess. Yeah, I think both of them are up for shouts. I think it will be one of the two most likely Rodgers. I'd probably go for Burrow, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to Rodgers.
0: I think for me, it's kind of a year when none of the quarterbacks have been as sensational as usual. So I think maybe it should come down between Cooper Cup, who I think has all the record. He's you know, most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns, which I don't think has it's been, it's been done maybe once before. And then sort of Taylor, in the, the Colts, you know, they didn't quite make the playoffs in the end because Carson Wentz is stupid. <laughs> but, but you know, he, he's I'd I, I basically not heard of the guy until about halfway through the year and then suddenly he's tearing through teams on his own. He's you know He was that the Colts team's revival where they nearly got into the playoffs. So I think maybe it's one of the years where you look beyond QB and think, you know, these guys have had years that it's tough to tough to compute even maybe Derek Henry was better last year than Taylor was this year but you know it's very rare that someone has a season like Cup did
2: I think think Taylor's a good shout I just think that the guys voting for
1: it
2: they won't give it to him after the Colts fail to get into the playoffs so I genuinely think that Taylor's bid for MVP is is ruined because of Carson Wentz so well done Carson (laughs) congratulations Um, yeah
3: I mean it will go to a quarterback um, I, I think you're absolutely right Joe I think it would be great to see a go to to uh, either Jonathan Taylor or obviously I'm going to say Cooper Cup because I think you know we as Stefan said it should be the most valuable player and you look at the Rams Super Bowl bid and how much of that has gone on Cooper Cup's shoulders how much of that Cooper Cup has had to carry um, you know worth noting you know halfway through the season his second his, his, his best mate on the field. You know the person he has got all the chemistry with his backup wide receiver who does so much for him. Torres ACL and Cup still led this team. And as others have pointed out, you know I'm a Rams fan, so I watch a lot. Obviously, watch every Rams game. But it's not just what he does on the board; it's his blocking. Like he's a wide receiver that essentially can operate like a tight end, tight end in terms of blocking as well, and in terms of the different things, in terms of what he gives the offense. I think he just gives more to the offense than almost any other player at any other team. But it will go to a quarterback, and that quarterback will probably be Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, uh, Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year, by the way. Um, And then lastly, Hugo, um, is Brady not just the best NFL player of all time, is he the best sports person of all time? Someone who's won more Super Bowls than any other team in the entire league?
1: I think my opinion around this might be quite controversial, and I've had a lot of discussions about this with my flatmate, but if if... Tom Brady can be still at the top of a sport at 44 years old. Is the sport really that difficult? That's the question I have. And as well, if you look at the countries that play NFL, it's only really America. So you only have really that American demographic of who you need to be better than. So in my opinion, I think there are other sports and other sports players that are that does not deserve more recognition, but maybe have a harder... It's harder to be better at the sport or become the best at the sport compared to the other players you're competing against, if that makes sense. So for me, I don't think he is. If you want me to say who I think...
0: I would love that. I would love that. And please don't make it (laughs) Moe Um,
1: The best sport... I think... Michael Jordan's up there obviously, you know, what he did for basketball for like 20 years almost was incredible. I think, obviously you have Messi, Cristiano, it's so hard to say, but I think I'll I'll probably stick uh, Michael Jordan up up there at the the top. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, Thank you to Tom, thank you to Stefan, and uh, my co-host Joe. And uh, we hope you enjoy uh, the big day come uh, February the 13th.